Why? Because when I read this Bible, it only has one voice in it. When I read my phone, unless you turn off every other app and notification you have, the moment God's about to say something to you, the devil will send you a message to distract you. You'll get a text. You'll be reading your daily devotion, and in the middle of your devotion, you'll get a text. You'll get a notification. Somebody just posted on Instagram, Snapchat, tattoo. Oh, man, wait a minute. I'll be right back, Lord. Amen. I love, I heard Stephen Furtick say this yesterday, I just, I heard a clip, and he was talking to the church, Elevation Church, he held up his phone, he said, God never intended you to have every voice in this world in your back pocket. The great word. Too many voices, and the reason we don't carry these anymore See, Pastor, you always get too personal. It's my job. This is not convenient. This doesn't fit in my pocket. I can't get it in there. I, could, I can't even get it in my waistband anyway. <laughs> so, but this, and then I have footprints in my Bible of where I've walked and talked with God. Because when I let him talk to me, I hear his voice. And he says things to me. He'll say, son, do you know what that means? Do you hear what I'm saying there? I say, yes, Father. And I write it down. So I have footprints with God. Matthew chapter 12. Look at it with me. We're just talking about words. Oh, you know, those, that many words aren't that important. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. How many know Jesus isn't talking about trees right here? Not talking about trees. He's talking about what we say. He says, O brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of what? The heart, the mouth speaks. The devil wants to be the one who's sowing his abundance into your heart. He brings words into your mind that he wants to get down in your heart as the root and the core of what you really believe, so that is what you will speak out of your mouth. And that is a harvest you create. That we, we gave the scriptures to you last week. Life and death, life and death, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I said it to you last week, if all you can talk about is the negative things happening in this world, if you're obsessed with sickness and disease and negative things, then do yourself a favor and just shut up. Don't talk about that stuff. Learn to have an interest in something else other than negative things, especially things connected to death. Are you doing all right? Because all sickness is death in its beginning form. Almost all sickness can transform all the way into and produce death. So when I'm talking about sickness, I'm speaking words of death. I would rather speak words of life. Amen. And I said it last week. Quit claiming symptoms as your own. As long as you're calling it yours, you can't give it to the Lord. Matthew 8, 17 says, He himself 
took our he took our infirmities and took our sicknesses upon himself. So give them to the one who's able to bear them. Are you doing all right? Yeah, but you don't understand. I have symptoms, but you don't understand. You also have a healer. Just choose who you want to agree with. Are you doing all right? Pastor, you're making me mad. That's my job too. So look at verse 35. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. But I say to you, now what? For every idle word that men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. So watch this. How, how important did Jesus just make words? Did you hear that? Every idle word that you and I speak, he says there will be a day of accounting of that on the day of judgment. Why? Because words are a creative force. And I said it to you last week, our confessions are ruling our lives. Amen. People say, well, I would like to change, but I just can't help it. Well, Jesus said, that's why I came, because you needed a Savior. And so I came to take the things that you can't do, and I took them from you, and now I'm giving you my life, and now in me, you can do all things. Glory to God. Amen. So so Jesus makes it so important. Look at verse 37. Powerful. For by your words, what? By your words, what? You will be justified, and by your words, oh, it didn't mean anything. I was just talking. I was just saying. I didn't mean anything. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Words are seeds. Words are seeds. How do you get saved? How does someone accept Christ as a Savior? The Bible says you are born again by an incorruptible seed which is the Word of God. Peter says, you and I have been born again by an incorruptible seed, which is the Word of God. Romans 8 says, what does it say? The Word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the Word of faith, which we preach. So when I hear the Word of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that I can be saved through God's grace, by faith, believing in the word of the gospel. That word gets down on the inside of me, and it gets in my heart, and then out of my heart, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. And what comes out of my, the confession that comes out of my mouth that's connected to what I believe in my heart produces my salvation. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made, what? Unto salvation. So words save us or condemn us. Are you doing all right? So look back at your outline with me. So the devil wants that throne of our life. Go with me to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. My daughter got me this little devotional for the year that D.L. Moody's daughter put together. And it's just little short quotes that he does um, that she compiled out of his notes and library or whatever. 
and uh, it's been really good. This and Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest, is uh, I read every morning uh, as part of my morning devotional. And we just finished up today. We did like 28 days of prayer and going through the Word on doing a little Facebook Live thing. And uh, it's 6.30 in the morning. And it, uh, this one was here today. This is for January 30th. And I'm just amazed as I put my message together, how this one tied in exactly to my message. So I want, the devotion in here for today is from Genesis 3 and verse 10. And he, Adam, said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. God's answer to him is this in, in verse 10. Who told you? Who told you? Who have you allowed to speak into your life, to have entrance into? What, what voice, what words did you hear that produced an action through your life that caused you to be aware that you're naked in my presence? So who talked to Adam? Who talked to Eve? What voice came to them? Who? The devil. Satan came to them. And he came to them with word. What was the root of man's fall? Words spoken by the devil, received in the minds of Adam and Eve, considered, dwelt upon, and then acted upon. Are we doing all right? Chapter 3, verse 1. Genesis 3. Let me, let me put you like this. Always let God's word speak for itself. Be careful when somebody else tells you what God meant to say. Or what God really said. The devil comes and says, I know God said that, but this is what he was really saying. I know you think that's what he said, but let me tell you what he was really saying. Keep that in mind. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any of the beasts of the field. What does Paul tell us in, in Ephesians chapter 6? We are not ignorant of his devices. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be stand against all the wiles, tricks, and schemes of the devil. And one of the parts of our armor that he gives us is the helmet of salvation. A covering, a shield over our minds. Are you doing all right? So watch this. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the devil always likes to take the word and twist it for his own use. What did he use against Jesus in the wilderness, the word? If you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread, for you have authority to do that. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down off of this mountain, because he's given his angels charge over you, that if you trip on a stone, they'll catch you and you won't get hurt. Are you doing all right? He always uses the word, and he twists it for his own you. He said to the woman, has God indeed said, you should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, <coughs> we may eat freely of the fruit of the trees in the garden, 
But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. That's not what God really said. Let me tell you what he was really saying. For God knows that in the day you eat it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing what? What was the tree that they ate from? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it's never changed. Here's what still happened. You are still faced with the same choice that Adam was faced with in the garden. You live your life between two trees. The tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the devil always wants you to eat from the knowledge of good and evil. He doesn't want you eating from the tree of life. He wants you considering everything with your mind, what, through your understanding and your finite mind, what is the best for your life versus trusting God in his wisdom and omniscience that what he said is the best thing for your life. Are you doing okay? You want to hear what D.L. Moody said? He said this, most of us live away from home. We are hiding as Adam did in the bushes of Eden. There was a time when God's voice thrilled Adam's soul with joy and gladness. He was thrilled, and, and he thrilled God's heart with joy. They lived in sweet fellowship with each other. God had lifted Adam to the very gates of heaven and made him Lord over all creation. I haven't a doubt that he had plans to raise Adam still higher, higher than the angels, higher than the seraphim and cherubim, higher than Gabriel who stands in the presence of Jehovah and Michael, the archangel. But the man turned and became a traitor to him who wanted to bless him by listening to the wrong words because he chose Satan's words over God's voice and listening to the wrong voice I wrote this on the bottom. Will always cause you to hide from the presence of God. Amen. See, God's word always goes to our heart. The devil's word always goes to our mind. God's word goes to our heart and renews our mind. Are you doing all right? The devil's word always comes to our mind to change our heart away from God. So, what am I supposed to remember? This. Paul declares this, that the devil is the God of this world. So, two trees, you're in between two trees and two gods. Doing all right? The God of all creation and the God of this world. Look what Paul says. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it's hidden only from people who are perishing. Watch this. Satan, who is what? The God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Think about all the lies that the devil gives people to keep them from accepting Christ. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Wow. Listen to what Jesus said in John 14. And Jesus said... I will not talk with you much more. For the prince, the evil genius, the ruler of the world is coming. So even Jesus acknowledged that the devil is the ruler of this world. 
And so if you keep this in context, and I know somebody said, well, pastor, you throw a lot at us. I throw less at you in one sermon than this world will throw at you this week. I give you less information. The problem is I'm asking you to pay attention <laughs> and to apply it. But in this area, he says he is the ruler of this world. So two trees, two God, and he's looking to rule over our life. Jesus said he's the ruler of this world, is coming. Now listen to what he said. Look what Jesus declared. He has no claim on me. He says, he has no claim on me. He has no place in me. He has no claim in me. I don't listen to what he said. I've never given him interest in my life. So the moment the, the devil brought an accusation again, trying to tempt him and tripped him up, the, the tempter came with words. And Jesus combated the enemy with words. Are you doing all right? Now, watch everything that the devil said. Let, let me get you there. Whatever your concept of serving God is, where'd you get that thought? Whatever people's concept is of going to church, being a member of the body of Christ, all the things that we do, however I approach God, where'd you get that concept? How did you form your ideology of what it means to be a Christian and live for God? What are the things that the Bible says that you go, I know the word said, but it really isn't that important. Is this all right? You say, Pastor, why are you preaching this? I'm preaching like this because this is what I believe with all my heart. I believe the day of the Lord is at hand. I believe we're closer. You've heard me say it. We are closer to the return of the Lord than ever before. We went through 1 Thessalonians in these morning sessions. And seven times in the book of 1 Thessalonians, in five chapters, Paul talks about the return of the Lord. Being ready and prepared to meet Him. And the reason... That we live under the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like I said. Because if we knew, we wouldn't be ready. We would put it off and get ready when we knew. Hey, I still got three hours. Amen. And so, but not knowing, you have to live ready all the time. Which is why Paul says, and Jesus said, it comes as a thief in the night. Are you doing all right? So Jesus says he has no claim on me. Listen. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him. Glory to God. This is so powerful. He has no power. Oh, watch it. He has no power over me. So look at what Paul and, and Peter write in the epistle. Resist the devil. Give no place to the devil. Are you doing all right? Give no place. What, what place does he want? He wants place in your mind. He comes with his word, and, and God comes with his word, and then you get in the battle of which word is the right word for your life. Well, I know that pastor. Pastor just believes everything. He just wants us to believe everything. Yes, amen. People say, well, how'd you get your name? Solid Rock Face Center, Matthew 7, 24 through 25. Jesus said, he that hears my word and does them is like a wise man built his house upon a rock. And, 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 and the winds came and the storms came and the floods came and beat against that rock house. And it stood because it was built on the foundation of God's word. My heart, my desire is to get the word of God into your life. 
I love all the programs we do. I love our lunches. I love our brunches. I love our fellowship. I love everything else. But the only thing that's going to make any difference in your life, we could have a homeless ministry, a clothing ministry, a food ministry, anything else. None of that's going to save you. None of that's going to make you right with God. No program will make you a better Christian. The only thing that makes you victorious is how much of the Word is in your life, how much it is ruling in your heart, how much it is rooted and grounded in you, how much life it is producing in you over the lie of the power of the devil. And so I have been, we will always be a word church. They just give too much word at that church. What's the other option? You want some philosophy? Yea, therefore I think, I think, therefore I am. (laughs) It's the word. No word. Because what's going to happen? The enemy's going to come against you. The tempter never quits coming. Think about it. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold and bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. Getting every thought that I have to line up with the truth of God's word and living by that truth in my life. Hallelujah. So what is happening? Let me close with this. Satan, what is the place that the devil seeks in our lives? It is the throne of our minds filled with his words and us choosing to speak his words over God's words in the earth. I'm either speaking from one or two sources. Doing so, giving him his rule and authority over our lives. And our agreement allows him to exalt his throne over God's in our life. When I exalt the words, the thoughts, the mentality of this world, when I speak those more than I speak the word of God, I'm allowing the devil to set his throne above God. I'm allowing Isaiah 14 to take place. I will exalt my throne. I will sit above the throne of the congregation. Both God and the devil come to our lives with words. Watch this. God chose through the foolishness of preaching. This, declaring, speaking, through the foolishness of preaching that men would be saved. What is preaching? It's declaring words. It's speaking a message. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing the message contained in the word of God. Faith comes into our heart. You're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith will come into your heart to believe on him, to receive him, to believe that he lived for you, died for you, rose again, conquered death, hell, and the grave for you so that you could be forgiven, redeemed, and restored and reconciled to your heavenly father and have life and life more abundantly in him. Would you say amen? Amen. So think about it. But both God and the devil come to us with words. Hear it again. We choose whose words we will receive. 
and agree with and give life to with our confession. God's word has life in your life when you speak it. The devil's words are given life when you speak them. The words of this world. So why does Paul say in Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world. The term world there, the word world there doesn't mean terra firma. It means the mindset, the thoughts of this world. Don't let your thoughts be the thoughts of this world. Don't be conformed in your thought life to the thought process of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? And then present yourself as that sacrifice to the Lord. Amen? So watch it. We choose whose words we will receive and agree with and give life to our confession. And give life to with our confession. This is why it is so important for every believer to find out what God's word says about you. And then make that and that only your confession. Amen. Well, Pastor, you're just putting so much responsibility on that. Yeah. It's all on us. To live it, to speak it, to declare it. You see, most have no problem agreeing with the devil and will even declare, I need, I want, I can't. But when you know who you are in Christ, you will declare, like him, I am, I have, and I can. I just found out it's better to be crazy for God than it is to be sane in this world. It's better for people think you're out of your mind. And you can just go, yes, I am. I lost my mind for Jesus. I'm just going to think what he thinks. I'm just going to believe it. And, and it's a battle all the time. I wish I could tell you I get it right every day. I don't get it right. But I'm in a battle to live it. Amen? Yes. Pursue it. To go after it. So I put these in there again. So just go through these with me. What, what am I supposed to I am. Well, Pastor, what am I? And I love, years ago, Brother Hagen wrote a book called In Him, Little In Him Reality. And he did the research, and this is what he said. He said, do, do your own research. And as you're reading the Bible, people, he said, people ask me all the time, how do you study the Bible? He says, this is what you do. Is you read your Bible, mark, and highlight. And the, the reason I, I like, let me go back to a paper Bible. You know why I like this Bible? Be, because when I use my iPad and do my study notes and things like that, I can only highlight a whole verse. Wait, wait, yellow, you can make yellow, green, blue, purple, whatever color you want to mark it in there. You can do that. But here, I can highlight. I can word. I can put an asterisk by there. I, I can get down to one word. Are you doing that all right? And then I can track that word. And I can find every place that word is said in that chapter or in that book or all the way around or through the whole New Testament. Amen? So there's so much more detail that I can do with the paper Bible than I can do in an electric Bible. And besides that, this one never loses its power. I never have to look for a charger for this Bible. I was going to read my Bible, but I needed a charge. I found out like this. I don't have to plug this Bible in. When I plug, this, when I plug into this Bible, its power comes into me. This is the recharger of my life. Amen? And so with that, I forgot what I was talking about. Brother Hagin, in studying your Bible, go through it. As you go through between the Gospels and the Epistles, there are over 140 accounts that tell you who you are in Him, through Him, by Him, 
And as you read your Bible, you mark it, every place it talks about who you are in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, by Christ, through Christ, and you mark that down. That's telling you your identity. That's your identity as a believer. The moment you get saved, not after 15 years of being saved, not after going through discipleship class, which is good, not after all that stuff, not going through a beginning, new beginner's class, all that. The moment you get saved, you're fully born again unto God. Amen? And you begin to grow from there. That, watch it. Peter says it like this. 1 Peter chapter 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of what? Anybody know? The sincere milk of the word. That you may grow thereby. That the milk of the word, the word, is what causes you to grow in your faith. So the value, the importance that you put on this word. And I'll say it to you again. You only believe what comes out of your mouth. That's what you believe. You don't believe what you say you believe. Well, I, I believe the Bible's the word. Well, then why does it come out of your mouth? Hey, Pastor, you're getting way too personal today. No, I'm just talking about kicking the devil in the butt. I hate the devil. I hate the control that he issues over the people that God has set free. Listen to Acts 10, 38. This Jesus, who God anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And God's people are too oppressed in their mind. They have too much anxiety. They have too much fear. Let me just tell you, if you're dealing with fear, if you're dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with depression, if you can't sleep at night, you've been listening to the wrong voice. And it's causing you to live by the tree of knowledge. You need to shut that voice off. You need to cancel that out of your life. You need to block that number. No longer receive a call from that caller, and you need to live by the tree of life. Amen. Because the devil is an oppressor. And when I can't sleep, when I'm worried, when I have anxiety, then who's in control? He's going, yeah, he's just on his throne laughing. Look at that. I got another believer bound in unbelief. I got another believer fearful of everything around them. I got another believer acting like that the blood of Jesus Christ has no power, has no redeeming grace. I got another believer, somebody who says they're a believer, who says they're baptized with the Holy Ghost and with power, believing they have no power. They can do nothing. They are my slave and I rejoice in my throne over their lives I'm not going to give him that glory amen, amen? I'm going like you should kick a 60 yard field goal with that dude so watch this I close right here look at these confessions you can find more if you do some digging of your own here's some I am's I am born again. I am a new creature in Christ. I'm born of His Spirit. I am filled with the Spirit. I'm anointed with the Spirit. I'm endued with power. I'm a functioning member of His body. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Everybody look up here just for a moment. I gave this to you five weeks ago. Some of you weren't here. The word righteousness means this. It means as it should be. 
The definition of righteousness, the base definition of righteousness means that as it should be, the moment you get saved, you were law, you were dead in trespasses and trespasses, but the moment you're born again and the Spirit of God comes into your life, you are now as you should be. And you are complete. Paul wrote to this in Second in Chronicles, uh, Colossians chapter two. He says, "And you are complete in Him." I don't get complete. The moment you're born again, you are now complete in Him, and I am now as I should be. You can't add anything to as it should be. You are. When you see when Psalms talks about a tree of righteousness, a tree of righteousness is a tree as it should be. No defects, no worm, no nothing, no corruption, no, no dry rot. It is a righteous tree. It is a perfect tree. Is it a tree as it was created and intended to be? And when you get born again, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. I am healed. I am strong. I am more than a conqueror. I am forgiven. I am reconciled to the Father. I am a child of God. I am a man or a woman of God. I'm not trying to be transgender. I'm just saying. Pick one. The one you are. I'm the redeemed of the Lord, and I say so. Amen? You say, Pastor, you're aggressive. No, I'm not aggressive. Cancer's aggressive. I'm not aggressive. Depression is aggressive. I'm not aggressive. Fear's aggressive. I have been given the measure of faith. I have divine, his divine nature in me. I have the fruit of the Spirit in me. Love, joy, gentleness, temperance, meekness, faith, self-control. I have that in me. It is mine. I can't lose my joy. It is in me. I have manifestations and gifts of the Spirit working in me. I have all things that pertain to life and godliness. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. I have the mind of Christ. I have seed to sow and bread to eat. I have more than enough. I have the wisdom of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can walk by faith and not by sight. I can be a witness. I can bring increase into His kingdom. I can lay hands on the sick. I can cast out devils. I can speak with new tongues. I can prophesy. I can glorify God in my body. I can walk in forgiveness. I can pray without ceasing. I can be a generous giver and I can tell others what great things God has done for me. I am, I have, I can. And I choose to say it. Are you doing all right? I challenge you this week, just every day, make that your devotion. Just get up and start your day declaring the I am's and the I have's and the I can. I guarantee you'll have a better attitude. Amen. And the rest of the day, shut up. Stand with me this morning. Rick, come back to guitar. People say, Pastor, you preach too long. Not really. I preach a lot shorter than the last movie you watched. This message today is a lot shorter than the 49er game today. The great thing about this message... I can tell you who wins. Amen. I can tell you who the winner is. Amen. The one who believes and receives the word of God, lives by it, speaks it, and declares it through their life. Knowing who you are in Christ and declaring who you are and what you have in Christ by virtue of his atonement on the cross and the completeness of our redemption in him is imperative to the believer. 
Whether we believe we are fully redeemed in Christ, we either believe we're fully redeemed or we don't. There's no middle ground in redemption. We must actively choose to resist and to give no place to the devil in our minds or with our words. I refuse to allow him to have a throne in my life. I refuse. Refuse to allow him to exalt his throne over God's in your life. The living reality of Christ in you, the hope of glory, will change the way you see everything and how you speak about everything. You will go from I need, I want, I can't, to I can, I have, I am. Bow your heads with me this morning. Just very briefly. Maybe you're here today, and there might be one person, and you've wrestled with giving your life to Christ. And you've tried to battle and reconcile all the different arguments. Your heart keeps pulling you towards God. But all these other voices, reasons, concerns, seem to always end up winning. But today God's brought you here to hear this message and to expose the liar that's been controlling your life. And today you're ready to give him the boot and say no to the lies of the devil and say yes to a God who loved you so much that he gave his only son that if you would just believe on him you would have everlasting life you would not perish you would be forgiven you would be redeemed you would be restored and you would be reconciled into a living loving relationship with your heavenly father